Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dollywell is going to be joining us soon on the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Halford, if he were here, would say, Kintech. Uh, 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 Kintech? Or something like that. Yeah, Kintech. The Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650 is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers experience the Delari difference today visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today this hour of Halford and Bruff it's the third hour is brought to you by Campbell and Pound real estate appraisers trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound visit campbell-pound.com today we are joined now by Rick Dollywall Rick how are you doing buddy I uh, couldn't be better couldn't be better what's going on well, the Canucks keep winning. What did you think of the game last night? Pretty entertaining. Good Canucks win. There was a gritty. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much you guys were talking about the gritty. Um, we leaned into it a little bit because a dog wanted to talk about it. And you know, when your kid is interested in something, you fake a passion for it. He was really into the gritty, so we're really into the gritty. Well, I'm just glad there was no uh, retribution. I don't think uh, that, you know, the, the Canucks did it the right way. They won the game. I mean, Wallman had a tough night. What, what was he, minus three? And yeah. then Zadorov mocks him at the end. Um, I, I think instead of, uh, you know, getting the guy for what he did, I think the Canucks did the right thing. You know, they just won the game. He was really a non-issue. And it was really, in my eyes, a non-issue. The, the Canucks were obviously aware of it. That's why Zadorov did what he did. Mm-hmm. But they handled it the right way, and they picked up their 37th win. <laughs> they had 38 last year. It's game 55. 80th point. They had 83 last year. They got a six-point lead on first place in the NHL. You know, with every win, Jason, how does management not think this team uh, can go all the way? I just... Uh, when you look at all, you know, they got an NHL best record at home now, 19-4-2. They're first in the NHL. I think they're second or third in goals for. Um, they're you know, they're not, third in goals against. And go, and there you go. And That's, that's the huge. One. That's huge. Well, in the last 10 years, what's been their biggest issue is goals against. And, and now the they have fixed that. And that's coaching. And, yeah. you know, combined with a very healthy goaltender who's, you know, and we'll find out on Saturday against Hellebuck when two of the best in the game are going toe to toe when Winnipeg arrives. Uh, but and you, you're, you're looking at a healthy goalie. A little surprise Demko's played as much as he has. I, I think he's five of the last six. I think there were games you could have got to Smith in there, but uh, they know what they're doing, right? You know, and and now you got Winnipeg coming up. That's going to be it. You talked about third goals against. Well, Winnipeg's goals against is, is pretty damn uh, good as well. Yeah. yeah. Now first. they got this Swedish line, six points. You know, last night they had the Lotto line. They've had the great third line, although it's broken up. You know, now they got the Swede line. 
Um, it just seems every night, if uh, one or two lines aren't going, they always have a line that comes to the mm-hmm. forefront in Chicago. Third line, six points last night, sweet line, six points. It's just every single thing they do right now is just coming up roses, just roses. I know, which kind of begs the question, what is the point of Phil Kessel? I talked to uh, Jim Rutherford this week about Kessel, and this is a player that uh, Jim knows well. He, he loves his experience, that there's championship pedigree, there's trust with this player. They want Stanley Cups together. Uh, it was really Rutherford, not Alvin, that was dealing with Kessel's agent, weight or not, the past two or three weeks, uh, setting up Kessel's arrival in Vancouver this week. Rutherford and the Canucks, are, along with two or three other teams, were after uh, Phil for going back to last summer, and they kept in touch all season long. Number one issue here, uh, uh, Jason, is conditioning. He's had 10 months off. That's the biggest issue. So that's why he's in town working out for the team. This, this is the training camp for Kessel that he missed in September. Mm-hmm. And as you can tell from the video on day one of his Abby's, uh, Abby uh, Canucks practice on Wednesday, this is not going to be easy. He looked gassed after a few drills, and, and that was expected. That did not surprise anyone, absolutely no one. To have a long layoff, 10 months in hockey, and then try and pick up the pace of an American Hockey League team is not easy. No matter how much you uh, trained at home in the past few months with what he had a probably had a skills guy, skating guy. That's not the same as practicing at the pace of an AHL team. Um, so here's what I'm told: the intention is for Kessel to pass a number of checkpoints both on and off the ice over the next six, seven days. So the Canucks need a good indication he can handle the pace of the NHL, and if at that point they feel they've crossed that line, you, you'll see them sign him. But I know a lot of people are saying. Um, it's a done deal, they're going to sign him. I'm not there yet. There's a lot of checkpoints that have to be passed. But no word on if he's going to play games for Abbotsford yet. I I asked that, and I was told they're taking it uh, step by step. Well, yeah, that was going to be my question. Is there a way for him to play games for Abbotsford? Yeah, he'd have to sign a, a PTO. A PTO, so that, that you, can, I, you can, right, okay, so you can sign a PTO and play for Abbotsford without the Canucks making a commitment to him. That's it, so okay. you can you can practice with him, but I, I do believe, I, I think I asked uh, uh, Wade that, that if you uh, play, I think he's got to sign a PTO, but they're not there yet, they're mm-hmm. not at the game, uh, I think he's getting three practices with Abbotsford before uh, they leave on a road trip. I think they're going to Calgary and then California. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Look, it's a freebie. It doesn't cost you assets. It doesn't hurt to look. Uh, Rick Tockett, I believe, is the guy that uh, really wants to give, uh, you know, Kessel, he coached him in Arizona. He wants to give him a look. It doesn't hurt. Never hurts to take a look, and especially with the fact that it doesn't cost you anything. Rick, do you know how many other teams were poking around Kessel? Yeah, the, the two to three. Canucks were one of three to four that kept in touch, and they did they did look into him in August, but at the time they had too many young players. Remember, uh, uh, Pod Colson and Hoglander started on you know in the top six of training camp. They had too many bodies at camp. Mm-hmm. I think they were looking to get him in on a a, a PTO. But I think uh, the agent was uh, looking to hold out uh, for a contract. Well, you know, he, they're one step closer right now to get him in that contract. Uh, trade deadline. We're going to be talking about this for every hit with you until the trade deadline oh, yeah. in yeah. in March. Uh, what do you, what are you hearing about what the Canucks might be looking for? Any names out there? Okay, so he, he the Canucks are continuing to monitor everything, big and small. 
They continue to work the phones. The preference is not to trade any more first-round draft picks. But as you, uh, I like to say all the time, hockey people change your minds. Uh, you can look in all players, big names, depth players. It's all about the cost of acquisition. They're still looking for a defenseman. Can't have enough for the playoffs. Try and be seven, eight deep on the blue line. The price on Chris Tanev is, is obviously pretty steep, but that's when teams like the Canucks have to get creative. When you like a player as much as the Canucks like Tanev, you've got to get creative. Canucks have not given up on trying to get Tanev. Sources say the Oilers are making a push for Tanev. You certainly don't want him going to that team if you're the Canucks for sure. Dallas, high interest in Tanev, many others. Maple Leaf still in there, Winnipeg. You've heard, you heard Brock Besser on a podcast this week raving about Tanev. So many Canuck players want him back because he's the ultimate teammate in pro. Um, he took that Canucks young core four or five years ago and really helped them. Mm-hmm. The Canucks are also very uh, aware of the chemistry issue. To this day, this group of players has the Canucks sitting in first place in the overall NHL standings. There is something to be said about adding too much to a successful tight-knit group like this. Um, so there is that to keep in mind. I do want to say uh, last week there was a rumor the Canucks were in on Flyers defenseman Rasmus Ristolainen. I've been told that's not true. That that player's got too much term and money left on his deal. Um, I do want to say something on the UFA front. I believe the Canucks have indicated they want to keep Teddy Bluger. That's a player they've identified. They would like to re-sign. Uh, I will not be surprised if Bluger is the first UFA that they try and re-sign. Um. I wouldn't either. I mean, he's a very important player, and you always want to look at your centers and make them priorities. Um, have you heard anything on Dakota Joshua? Because obviously we've been talking more and more about him. Yeah, yesterday morning, uh, I definitely very early yesterday, I heard that he, he hurt his hand in that fight in Chicago defending Connor Garland. He missed last night's game. Tockett said last night he's going to miss another game. Still no word on how long he's out. I certainly get the feeling the team is trying to keep this tight-lipped as possible. Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence that Rick Tockett dropped our, our, our Steve Baines name as a call-up yesterday, but I also believe that our Steve, you know, would probably be doing what Jet Wu is doing and just practicing, not playing games. It is very tough for any prospect in Abbotsford to play games for the Canucks right now when, you know, they are first in the NHL standings, where's the fit, and also, you know, they're first in the NHL standings and they're relatively healthy. Like, when I look at the Canucks and why they've done so well this year, I look at two things. They have not gone on a long losing streak. Their biggest losing streak is two games. They haven't hit three. That's very important. All, every other team's had three or more. The other thing is they've been really, really healthy. And in the top six especially, you know, uh, Miller, Besser, all these guys, um, Patterson, uh, they've all been healthy. And that's a big thing for me. And they've had help. Remember last year, the Canucks at the end of the year had 11, 12 guys banged up. They've always been traditionally banged up for the last few years. This year, you know, knock on wood, they've been very, very, very healthy. Uh, just back to Dakota Joshua, uh, appreciate the update on his status and how they're being tight-lipped. I meant contract-wise because you had no. mentioned Teddy Bluger and how they might try and get him signed. Jo- Joshua's in the same position as Absolutely. Bluger in that he's a, he's a pending UFA. I checked in with uh, his agent uh, 
this week. There's been no contact with the Canucks and uh, Dakota Joshua. In fact, I don't think there's been in any touch with any of the UFAs uh, so far. I checked in with all of them this week, and I haven't heard any uh, where the Canucks have contacted them. So it looks like, uh, you know, they, and Rutherford did say, you know, we're going to address most of the UFAs at the end of the season, you know. Mm-hmm. and But I can tell you they're in a good spot with their UFAs because I think everybody wants to return and play in Vancouver. You know, I don't think anyone's knocking on the door and saying, I, I want to leave Vancouver. Um, I think Vancouver uh, being in first place helps the Canucks, and it helps all these players who want to come back and, and, and remain in a winning program. So I think from that perspective, I think the Canucks are sitting pretty good. Um, Jet Wu, the Jet Wu call-up, was that mostly – we actually wondered maybe he'll get into the game in Chicago – um, just as a reward and make your NHL debut. That's a team that the Canucks sh- should beat. Um, he didn't get into that game. He still hasn't made his NHL debut. Is this call-up about rewarding him monetarily in some ways uh, because he's going to make an NHL paycheck and just be around the guys and maybe just have him prepared to be around the guys in case they need him in the playoffs? I, I look at this as the Canucks rewarding a kid working hard. Uh, he earned his call-up. Can they get him into a game? Who knows? It sends a message to all the kids in Abbotsford, work hard, you can get called up. But you know what's funny? It was a very eventful week for Jet Wu. Last Friday, he changed agents to Eustace King from CAA. Then two days later, he gets called up by the Canucks. This was a long time coming for a kid drafted in the second round um, six years ago. Two years ago in Abbotsford, Trent Cole had this kid playing as a forward. He was healthy, scratched all the time. Did not look good uh, that the Canucks would have had plans for him in the future. Then he goes out and has a great season last year, and now this. I really think it's rewarding a kid who has just really worked hard and hard and hard, even in his adversity. He didn't bitch or cry when he was being played as a forward. He was their best right shot defensive prospect, and Trent Call had him playing as a forward. He still didn't whine about it. Sometimes you gotta you gotta say to these kids, "Hey, here's a reward." I think it's. I don't. I don't know if he plays or not. But I, 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 I know that this, you know what, sometimes rewarding a kid for the way he's played in, in, in professionalism, the way he's conducted himself in Abbotsford, I like what they're doing with him. I, I, I really do. Hey, I don't know if you know this, Jason. When Jet was uh, drafted by the Canucks, he had a lucrative offer to play in China, the KHL. And I think China wanted him qualified to play uh, on their national team. Mm-hmm. And Jet said no. He said the dream was to play in the NHL for Vancouver. Now he's at the doorstep. There's some great stories down in Abbotsford, actually. There are. You know, in terms of guys either sticking with it, like Jet Wu has, or undrafted guys like Archdeep Baines and Tristan Nielsen sticking with the game and saying, like, I know you don't think I can make it, but I'm just going to prove to you that every level I get to, I'm going to keep working hard, and then I'm going to get to the next level. Um I know you already mentioned Baines. Do you think we'll see him on a call-up pretty soon? Is that possible? Arsteep? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rick Tockett went out of his way to say that uh, he's he's earned it. I know that the organization is absolutely loving his development. But before you, you thank the kids, thank the infrastructure in Abbotsford. You know, they got a great coach there, and they got the Sedin twins working with the prospects. You know, they got a great skills coach down there. These kids, I think in Vancouver and Abbotsford, I don't think they've had this type of coaching for their players on both teams ever before in a long time. 
Like I think, uh, you know, at one time everyone thought the Sedin twins was just a gimmick or something. Uh, you know, they weren't pushed to the side. They're playing a big role in Abbotsford and they're playing a big role in Vancouver. This is, you know, these guys have done a tremendous job. Those kids down in Abbotsford have a lot of good uh, coaching. And I think you got to thank those uh, uh, guys as well. Jason, uh, one last thing. I, I do have an update on a Canucks prospect I, I wanted to give you. Okay. I believe that Jacob Truscott is going to hit the free agent market and will not sign with the Canucks. He's okay. a defenseman at the he's a captain at the University of Michigan. Canucks draft pick in 2020 in the fifth round. A few weeks ago, the Canucks looked like they were going to sign him. As I always say, things change in hockey. Uh, Canucks have another left shot defenseman on the way in Elias Patterson. They also signed two NCAA defensemen last year. Uh, Truscott will become a free agent this summer. He is in the last year of uh, playing in Michigan this year. So I just wanted to get that in. Uh, how big a deal is that? I, I just got the news very uh, – uh, well, it's – you know, you – the Canucks have been monitoring this player. I, I think Alvin was in Michigan, I think, what, 10, 11, 12 days ago. So, I, I look, there's I, – I just got the information. I, I got to delve into it more. Uh, but anytime you draft a kid, uh, you probably – you don't want to see him go. And in college, you get the extra time to evaluate a player. Uh, but the Canucks signed a ton of guys from the NCAA last year, you know, and then they signed a lot of European guys. And sometimes it gets crazy crowded uh, for these kids, but uh, I, I was just told uh, uh, late last night that uh, he, he's going to hit the free agent market and will not sign in Vancouver. Rick, thanks for all the great information. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us today. You too, pal. You right. too. That was Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly show. And there was a question actually uh, into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Um, maybe should have asked Rick this. Ask us anything. How did you guys decide between the Halford and Bruff show or the Bruff and Halford show? Ask Rick to Donnie and Dolly versus Dolly and Donnie. These questions need to be answered. Well, the Donnie and Dolly is obviously that Donnie has a massive ego. That's clearly the answer. Uh, he wanted his name to be first. It's also it's, the answer for this show. It's it's actually not. We we just uh, we we sounded it out, and because I don't have a big ego and it's never about me. I was like, you know what? Bruff and Halford just sounds weird. Halford and Bruff has a brother rhythm to it. Don't you agree? Like it's, it's two syllables and then one, right? So yeah, like, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Halford and Bruff. Like yeah. Halford, you know, does all the 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 administrative nonsense most of the time. And then Bruff solidly comes in with the opinions and the analysis. Sure. That's what we'll go with. <laughs> yeah. That's what we'll go with. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have what we learned? I do have a what we learned. Okay. Does A-Dog have a what we learned? Hopefully I, he does. I, I will. Okay. In, a little, in a little while. I'm okay. currently Working posting some hot video. <laughs> Got to be a better way to say that. There's, there's <laughs> Can you do that on company time? Yeah. <laughs> seriously, are you allowed to do that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your what we learned, laddie? My what we learned is a Rob Manfred what we learned. Oh, he had his State yeah. of the Union press conference, and he went over how he's going to retire in 2029. And what I learned is that he's got a little bit of Gary Bettman in him. See if this I, – I mentioned the, the Jersey gate, right, the New Jerseys that are being – forced upon these players and the fans okay. that are just screen-pressed garbage uniforms this season that they came out with. It, it reminds me of a little how Bettman handled the ads on the boards questions that he was receiving about how people hate it and it's distracting and they don't like it. Let's hear what Manfred had to say about the uniforms. 
Well, we always pay attention to what people are saying um, uh, about any new initiative. Um, I think you know in baseball, any new initiative, there's going to be some negative feedback. They have been tested more extensively than any jersey in any sport. Uh, the feedback from the All-Star game last year where the jerseys were worn was uniformly positive from the players. So I think after people you know, wear them a little bit, I think that they're going to be really popular. Well, that Rob, is, they've it, been wearing them for a little bit, and they don't like them. Mm. There's been numerous players that have come out, and just they hate the way these uniforms feel. There's no customization to them. So how much of this has to do with the reputation of Fanatics? It's more actually what we're hearing now. It's it's a partnership between Nike and Fanatics. So okay. to, to get into the details here, Fanatics bought the Majestic Factory. The Majestic used <laughs> to be the uniform. like an amazing magical right? place. <laughs> it's it's really not. Uh, Nike designs the uniforms and comes up with the ideas for them. Okay. But it's Fanatics who has to come through with the creation of these uniforms. Mm. And a lot of the players are saying they've cut corners. The everything is screen pressed now. You can see piping in behind logos and stuff now. Right. And they don't have customization options. There used to be you know different spots of the pants where you could get more padding and. Have it extra long if you needed it. You know, if you're sliding, you don't want it to pop out. Mm. None of the players can do that anymore, and they're upset about it, obviously, because they've had these custom uniforms as long as they can think of. Do some of the guys want the the fight straps on them, and other guys don't? <laughs> Basically, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, the, right. the fight straps. But yeah, they it's it's not looking good. Like these these players keep you know voicing up about how they don't like these uniforms. But hey, according to Rob Manfred, everything's fine. They'll just get used to them. Um. What is the opinion of Rob Manfred overall when he was when he announced that he was going to retire in 2029? I mean, that's still a long way off. Um, I know there's been a lot of criticism for him, but he also oversaw some, I think, pretty positive rule changes for the game, sped up the game, recognized mm-hmm. that the game did need to be sped up. Where are you on him as a commissioner? I think in baseball in general, there were a few areas that the Band-Aid needed to be ripped off because it's a slow adapting sport. Baseball doesn't like to make a lot of rule changes. So they, yeah, in some regards, they need it's, you know, a, a bulldog to get in there and make these changes. But it's everything else to me. He doesn't come, convey a you know, feeling that he loves baseball. You know, he's mm-hmm. just in it for the money is what the, everyone keeps saying about every one of his decisions, right? It just feels like he's doing things at the cost of not the traditionalist baseball fan, but just... Things that baseball fans have become accustomed to, he's not afraid to just trample all over those ideas if it's going to lead to more money for him down the road, which right. isn't a good look. I think as a commissioner, you know, you're know, you supposed to be the top of the sport. To have people complain that, hey, it doesn't seem like this guy really likes the sport, mm-hmm. it's not a good look. Like Even Gary Bettman, I know the, um, the knock on him was that when he first came in, was like, you're a basketball guy. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you even know about hockey? Even skate. I, I actually feel like Gary Bettman has legitimately come to appreciate the game mm-hmm. and appreciate some of the traditions of the game. I'm not saying he's just he's not just out there for the money because he is and there are some very lawyerly things that Gary Bettman does, but I, I think that's a good point. I think the commissioner of the league should have, if not a childhood love of the game, at least an appreciation of what's important for the players and the fans. I think the, the- thing you just go back to is just what does Adam Silver do? <laughs> I think he, of all the commissioners in all the sports, I think he has the best public image out of all of them. And that's an intentional thing that he's done. And he's worked up this you know, familiarity with the fans that yeah. these other commissioners 
don't seem to really even and care about. And then you can trick the players into signing bad deals for <laughs> them, right? <laughs> the CBA. Okay, give us, a, give us a moo cow there. Uh, text into the Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. We need more Ask Us Anythings. And specifically, we need more Ask Us Anythings with the pizza emoji because if you want to win $100, gift certificate to the best pizza joint in the city, and that would be AJ's, then you're going to need to send in an Ask Us Anything with the pizza emoji, and it needs to be a good, fun Ask Us Anything because this is not a draw. This is a contest. A-Dog, do you have a what we learned that I you do. can tease for the other side? Um, it's, uh, it's a very freeing what we learned if you've ever experienced what I'm going to discuss. Okay. I thought that I have a great tease. It. I'm actually kind of curious now. So that is freeing. That's okay. all I'm going to say. All right. Freedom. Okay. You're Anything listening. I say further will possibly incriminate me. <laughs> <laughs> Your bank accounts have been frozen until the other show. It was that hot video he was posting. You're listening to the Alfred and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Big Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. <laughs> Kelowna, California. Hey, is that is that is that is that what Helper does? Very good. Hey, hey. This hour of Helper and Brep is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com today. And as always, the entire show is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer and do it today. Um, okay, so we're going to get to more administrative nonsense um, when we print out submissions into the Dunbar Lumber text line for Ask Us Anything Friday and also what we learned. But uh, A-Dog, you have a couple of things you need to do. One, you want to clarify something about the podcast. Yeah, because people are asking about it. Uh, Apple is very delayed right now. The podcasts aren't currently showing up. This does happen sometimes. Okay. So you can find them on Spotify or Google. So either way, you could listen to the podcast. Just use Spotify or Google, whatever you prefer. But they are up on those two So platforms. it's not just you being lazy? No, it is not. Okay. They are up. It's just Apple's being delayed. Okay. Who knows when they'll appear. Uh, but it's not in our control. But they are up on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Okay. You teased a what we learned, and you said something along the lines of, it is very freeing. Well, so I've been told I have never partaken myself. Maybe you have. You could let me know. Uh, without too much detail. Uh, but uh, thank you for Vancouver is awesome for pointing this out to me. Good article up there. Uh, Vancouver's Rec Beach has been ranked the premier urban nude beach in the world. And the number one nude beach in, on the, in the world, according to uh, Nude Beach Map, which is, uh, I guess. <laughs> I love that website. That's their specialty, <laughs> I guess, ranking nude beaches all over the world. Right. Has ranked Rec Beach as number one. So, okay. Now, I myself have never been. Hold on a sec. I'm going to regret asking this question. (laughs) What are the factors that go into this? 
it's is it is it like body quality or uh, no, is it like no. scenery actually quite the well yeah scenery is plays a factor it looks nice the scenery but it's also <laughs> very kind of close scenery? very close to the city so it's easy to get to ease of access ease of access yeah, but it's yeah. also secluded so it looks nice mm-hmm. the other thing is people are respectful like there's no picture t- not there's not supposed to be picture taking or anything like that everyone right. sort of keeps themselves and is respectful of each other and just mm-hmm. let them enjoy their day. So those are kind of the... Are, kind are, are there some nude beaches that are down on the rankings? They're like, let me see. <laughs> I want to go yeah. to the worst one. There's, yeah, the, the perviest <laughs> beach in the, the world. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, right by an elementary school, too. Very unfortunate. Um, no, I, I'm not sure what the worst nude beach in the world is. It doesn't list that, unfortunately, but it does rank Wreck Beach as <laughs> number imagine, one. Can you imagine visiting the worst nude beach <laughs> in the world? Well, with the fact Wow, they were right. This is awful. <laughs> This is just terrible. Just a gravel pit. <laughs> hey, come join the party. There's a bunch of naked dudes standing in a gravel pit. There's just four guys. It's always the same dudes. Uh, okay. Um, give us a mookel on that. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be the biggest challenge possibly of my life. Uh, we have to print out submissions into the Dunbar Lumber text line. And then I have completely lost my reads here. So, um, oh God, this isn't working. It's your nightmare coming to fruition. <laughs> this isn't working. So we'll figure out this out in a second. Uh, I will figure this out and then we will do it. Okay. Um, um, let's do the winner of the AJ's gift card. And that is... Oh, what is it? Okay, it's Mike and Van. There you go. You guys are really helping me out here. Thanks. Ask us anything. Mike and Van, the winner of the AJ's gift card. When Susie comes back into the lineup, would you take Juleson out? Personally, I've loved his game of late and think he deserved to stay in. Um, well, we've seen Ian Cole come out a few times when he's like needed a day off. Or they've just said like sit down a little bit. Um, that is a that's going to be. A, I mean, that's a good problem to have for Vancouver Canucks, Rick Tockett. But I don't think you can like what 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 would be the idea that Susie just stays out? I don't think that's the idea. Is it who you're looking out? Who you're looking to 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 bring out? Um, I think Juleson probably would come out, but I actually do think that's a really tough decision for the coaching staff with how well that Juleson has been playing. We talked about this earlier in the show that there are some people out there, Quads had this great hot take that he said Juleson is the third best Canucks defenseman right now. Mm-hmm. And I actually do wonder if they're going to bring in some more defensemen. I wonder if they're going to bring in um, an insurance puck-moving defenseman. Because what happens if one of Quinn Hughes or Philip goes out with an injury? Now, <laughs> you might say if Quinn Hughes goes out, then the Canucks are just screwed. <laughs> like, there, well, there's pro- no way you can replace that. Possibly correct, yes. But I, I, I do wonder if they're just going to just target – some sort of puck mover, or maybe they'll just be like, well, we've still got Christian Wolanin Would down in Would you classify Chris Tanev as a good puck mover still at this point in his career? I mean, it's obviously fantastic <sighs> defensively, but 
I mean, I don't recall him ever being poor as a puck mover, but he's obviously not. He can make a good either. first pass. Yeah, like he's obviously not a Quinn Hughes, but he can get out of the zone fine, or at least he used to be able to. I haven't really. Watched I wouldn't him call much him Calgary. a puck moving defenseman though. I yeah. think I think a puck moving defenseman is more as a more a guy that yeah he can make he can get out of his zone. That's that's step A, mm-hmm. but step B, which is also important, is getting involved in the offense. Yeah, make a play. Right, more of a Christian Wallanen. Uh, what we learned is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit GetFirePlan.com. Oh my God! We're having a fire plan! So that was a bit of panic. Well done, though. Good recovery. Okay, let's do some more Ask Us Anythings. Tim in South Surrey. Hey guys, dip or no dip? With pizza. I saw that one. I, I, for me, it depends on the pizza. Yes. Well, I'd say 100% factor. too much, but you are 1,000% right. It depends on the pizza. And I think if you're using dip, that doesn't say a lot about the quality mm-hmm. of the pizza. It's, I, th- I think for, for a place like AJ's, if you were to be like, have you got ranch? That would be like going to High Steakhouse and going, have you got some A1 sauce yeah. that I can Cook use it well for done, the please. steak? You guys yeah. want the ketchup? Ketchup, yeah. yeah. I love uh, the Domino's in the, uh, what's the what's the red sauce called? Please stop doing that hand motion. You're curling up the, <laughs> that's why we don't have cameras back here. Uh, the curling up the Domino's pizza and, and, or any kind of pizza. You can't mm-hmm. do this with AJ's because it's too good. You only do it with bad pizza. Right. Yeah, so you curl up the Domino's and you dip it into the... What's the what's the red sauce called? Not the tomato sauce, but there's another name for it. Uh, yeah, I don't the know. The name is escaping I'm, me. I'm always I'm always like a creamy dip guy. I'm yeah. a ranch guy. Okay. Creamy, <laughs> creamy Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like Maybe if I creamy if, Italian dip. If I if I'm if I mean I don't want to throw you just threw a brand, a potential sponsor, uh yeah. under the bus and I don't like that. So <laughs> um if I were to eat the pizza, for example, well I don't want to give it away. So it rhymes with Anigo. <laughs> oh pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, I am definitely looking for the for the dip. Yeah. Any dip, exactly. honestly, will do. And yep. then I'm using that dip, and I'm scraping the bottom of the dip to make sure I get all the dip do out. You, do you and guys even, like- And even if there's not enough dip, then I will actively go into my fridge and look and see if we have any dip. So right. you like the creamy dip, but do you also like, have you had Papa John's dip? It's like I haven't. A, it's like a I've liquidy never had Papa dip, John's dip, pizza. but it's, it's very, very garlicky. So if you're into garlic. I would try that. Yeah. Is Papa John's pizza like dip? It's dip worthy. It's dip worthy. Oh, it's, it's not. It's not even worthy. Dip. <laughs> dip required. I don't even know if I'd call. I it don't want to throw another sponsor, potential sponsor. No, we got agents. Uh, They're okay. the best. <laughs> I got a. I got a. What we learned slash ask us anything for you guys. Okay. Uh, especially Bruff, because I know he's really into this from uh, Justin in East Van. Okay. Uh, what we learned, as you probably know, Bruff, the Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family, are going to be having a new live action movie out in 2025. Now, the Ask Us Anything is, what superpower would you like to have? And also, would you then use said power for good or evil? One more time. Okay. Have you heard of the Fantastic Four? You got the, the Thing, uh, Human Torch, I, Mr. I, I, Fantastic, the Invisible One. Why are you asking me this question? Yeah, why, of all people. That's kind of part of the bit. But, um, <laughs> anyways, Fantastic Four, they're coming out in 2025. They all have superpowers. One okay. guy could catch on fire. One guy's really stretchy. One, One guy, guy catches <laughs> on fire, and that's his uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I want to regret. <laughs> Every time he gets angry, he's the worst just, superpower ever. Uh, one guy get, is uh, rock hard all the time. 
He's made of stone. That's his power. He's no, a no, no, no. I just picked it. As a guy who's approaching 50, that's the one for me. <laughs> and then there's an invisible woman who, of course, can turn invisible. So if you could have a superpower. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Okay. You know, you know what I don't want to be uh, the guy who's always catching on fire. <laughs> yeah, I know that sounds like it would be painful. Yeah, that would be a terrible superpower. <laughs> Just frequently catching on fire. You know what? I bet you wouldn't get clothes. invited out much. No, yeah, you'd be. No, you know you what? I'm gonna sit over here. Yeah, uh, is this the guy that catches on fire? I'll sit. Or three is, this, rows down. is this the guy that's always rock hard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, at, at a party with the guy that catches on fire, you want to see a great trick. Okay, that's so that's exactly where you wanted that conversation to go, wasn't it, Adog? Okay, I was kind of assuming that's what <laughs> happened. Yes. Uh, what would your superpower be, Laddie? Catch on fire. You're so boring. We're guys. gonna go with that. <laughs> hey, I want to give uh, something. Just came across my timeline. I want to give a shout out to our very own Brendan Bachelor. It's his birthday today, gentlemen. Oh, nice. And he's got a kid on the way. That's right. So they could match up here. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? So is the kid? Uh, has the kid arrived? No. Oh, okay. And it's his birthday today, it's though. His birthday today. That'd be awesome. That'd be very. It would cool. be awesome. Actually, easy to it, remember. Would it be awesome to have the? It'd be same awesome for the kid, but not daughter? for Batch, probably, because eventually his birthday would just be completely forgotten about. That's awesome, though. Oh, if I you don't, if you don't, want, oh yeah, if you I hate, want my birthday forgotten. Oh, then about. it works out great for him. Yeah, I don't want people making a big deal out of my birthday, April 9th. <laughs> <laughs> if you know a guy that can catch on fire, please invite him. <laughs> Mackenzie and Langley ask us anything. This year has been historic for the Canucks. But as a 30-year fan, I have to ask, how terrified and sick are you prepared to be if the Canucks had to face the Oilers in round one and maybe lose game one badly? I'm going to be nervous for any game because I think the one thing that is in the back of most minds, I won't speak for everyone, but a lot of minds of Canucks fans is like, is this the latest trick? that the hockey gods will be playing on the Canucks fandom, that you have this magical season and then you get to the first round of the playoffs and the old Canucks show, you know, people say, this is who they've always been, right? Um, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope we've got a long run ahead of us. I hope the Canucks, but at the same time, I, I really hope to avoid the Edmonton Oilers or Vegas in the first round, and that's why it's so important for the Canucks to maintain this pace. And hopefully the Oilers will start falling back a bit. And they already have in their last five games. They've lost a few games. They had a bad loss to St. Louis last night. Um, and so every loss for the Oilers, you know, Halford made a really good point uh, yesterday, which was rare because he doesn't normally do that. But he was like, hey, there are still going to be consequences for the Oilers for their slow start. And that might be getting a much tougher matchup in the first round that than, say, the Canucks do. Fewer home games, possibly. They don't yeah. have the advantage. Like, I don't... Look at the point differential between the Oilers and the Canucks. You're going to need two things for the Oilers to catch the Canucks. You're going to need the Oilers to play on a very, very, very hot streak. And I think that's going to be tough because as much as Oilers fans might feel good about all the games in hand that they've got on the Canucks, that also means they've got a busier schedule and they got a lot of back-to-backs. So they're going to have to go to their backup goalie. They're going to be playing tired more than the Canucks. 
Um, and you're also going to have a significant dip from the Vancouver Canucks, which would cause us to worry in our own minds. We, we would, we would be like, Oh God, okay. What's going on with the Canucks? Um, I think it's unlikely that happens. There's still a chance. There was a time when the Oilers were on their winning streak and it looked like they weren't going to lose again that I would have put the chances of the Oilers catching the Canucks at maybe 20 to 30%. I think that's lower now, especially as the Canucks just keep ticking along. It's, in, it's, it's incredible what they're doing. They still haven't lost three games in a row. We were bringing up the word adversity on a road trip where they went 3-1-1. and So any question that comes up, like, are you terrified about the playoffs? Of course I'm terrified about the playoffs. But I'm equally, if not more, excited. And that's what makes the playoffs so awesome. Do you remember that feeling? Some of you might not because it's a long time ago. But in 2011, tremendous excitement heading into the season. What was the feeling when they lost one game to the Blackhawks and it was 3-1 for the Canucks? And then another game to the Blackhawks, it was 3-2. And then, oh God, we're going to have a game seven. And oh God, the Blackhawks have tied it up late. I feel like I'm going to be sick. That's playoff hockey. And that's what we've been missing. I haven't felt like that in a long, long time. I haven't thrown up watching a hockey game in a decade. <laughs> but honestly, we had from excitement. We actually had quite <laughs> a few we, we had quite a few moments within a span of a few years that we had that because we had the gold medal game in the Olympics go to overtime. Anyway, that was a very similar storyline. Same goalie too. That people had different thoughts on. Um, very similar storyline to the Canucks. Um, and if you were a Seahawks fan, you had some really close games that went down the stretch and you had that feeling of, you know, that feeling of when sports goes from being fun to watch to like, wait a minute, I don't think I'm having fun. I just feel like sick to my stomach right now. Or terrified. Terrified. Yeah. But that is awesome. And that's why... We love sports. Do you know how jacked up Rogers Arena is going to be? Oh, it's insane. For the first playoff game. It should be like that already. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. It is going to be awesome. Yeah. It can't be understated what the Canucks have done. Like, I'm not a Canucks fan, but I, I know a lot of Canucks are trying to under, Canucks fans are trying to underplay what they've done this year. But there's six points clear of the next closest team in the overall standings in the league. I know. The next closest team in goal differential. Is twenty goals behind them? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's bonkers. Like this is bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Well, I remember not, when just, it, not even just the arena, though, Bruff. Even just the, I know we've talked about this before, but just the yeah. city. They have a seven twenty seven. the city percent. comes during the playoffs? Like, I mean, especially younger fans that even like twenty fifteen, maybe they don't remember, or especially don't remember the glory years. Like mm-hmm. seeing Vancouver during the playoffs, and I'm not talking the bubble. I mean the actual playoffs when fans can go. It'll to games. dwarf twenty fifteen. Oh, absolutely will. Just because there's such so much because a everyone team. felt. You know, yeah, it was nice that they got back. There was no expectation in 2015. But there though, wasn't, right? there wasn't, no. No. I don't think so. I don't recall I don't that at there, all. There really was. I think there was an expectation that they beat Calgary and they should have beaten Calgary. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the few playoff series that I will put solely on coaching. Like, I, I just think Willie just did an awful job there. And anyway, that was a long time ago. Ryan Miller being hurt didn't help either. No. 
Uh, from Rager, ask us anything. If you had the power and the unlim- unlimited funds to build one piece of infrastructure in Vancouver to be named in your honor, what would it be? I think we all know what I'd pick. I'd pick a true outdoor stadium for the Lions and the Whitecaps to play in that would still be um, good enough and maybe expandable enough or big enough on its own to host the big concerts and the big events, right? Like I, I, I do have more of an appreciation for BC Place over the last few years because it is going to allow us to host seven World Cup games. It has allowed the big concerts, whether it's Elton John for me, um, that I was so happy to go and finally see Elton John in per in person. Taylor Swift puts it on her list. Um, you know, whatever about that, but, um, you know, I, it's good for the city to have a stadium like BC place where the big concerts can go because after the pandemic, a lot of these, these, um, musicians and bands realize like people are dying to go see this, to go see, do anything. Right. So they were like, we're not doing arena tours anymore. We're doing stadium tours. So we're going to all these big stadiums. Elton John's original tour was through hockey and basketball arenas. Then he was like, after the pandemic, he's like, we're only doing big stadiums because we can make more money doing that. And you've seen the demand for concert tickets, not just Taylor Swift. So it's great that we have BC Place, but I still would love a more appropriate stadium for the BC Lions and the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, I thought you were going to say a mountain. You'd build a giant mountain and call it Mount Bruff. Ideally, then, an active volcano. And then anytime the Canucks lost a bad game, it would explode. Yeah. I would yeah. build a, the world's giant biggest dog park and call mm-hmm. it a dog park, but I would remove the uh, little bracket, so just say a, a dog park. Either that or a tunnel, because the traffic in the city is getting crazy now. tunnel would be sweet. Yeah. But what happens if there's like a problem with the tunnel? And it's like, oh, I'm stuck in the Bruff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything with that. <laughs> All right. Life would be great if it wasn't for Bruff. Um, I've been Jason Bruff. He's been Adoc. He's been Laddie. I apologize for not getting to more of your texts. I should have. But I'm by myself because my co-host bailed on me. He went out and got his urinalysis. <laughs> Another it's, flex It's important, joke. folks. Don't skip it. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs>